I just want to give you a bit of an insight into this podcast. We're a bunch of unique individuals, Pucci and myself. We're going to engage you with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. And to speak from our heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right, and sometimes you're not going to agree with it. But that's okay, because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate. So if you want to come along for the ride, join in on the podcast. Episode 6 of Jack Pooch and Tales. I'm Jack Davey. And I'm Pooch Brzezewski. And today on the podcast, we've got Lukey Dalahay. Welcome, Luke. G'day, boys. Good to be a part of it. Uh, good to have you here. Uh, so, as we usually start the podcast, we sort of uh, go over how we know each other. Um, how do we know each other, Luke? Yeah, so we've known each other for a long time now. Uh, ever since I was a little kid, we've gone on family trips together. Um, so my dad, just for the, all the listeners out there, all the thousands of listeners, yeah, <laughs> uh, my dad and Jack's dad, best of mates. So yeah, just grew up together. So that's how we've and known each other ever since. You remember how you met Lukey Boy? Would have been at uh, Talbot. Yeah, I reckon it was the Talbot. Yeah, yeah. back in December twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen. Sorry, yeah, yes, yeah, I reckon it would have been weird. How strange scenarios bring people together. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're best of mates as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at your top. You got on, Luke. Mervis. You want to? Want to talk us through that? You're yep. the fan manager? Yep, huge fan. Um, so the murmurs just came about, came about from a few mates, decided to uh, have a bit of fun with their passion for music. So the murmurs, they're probably the biggest band in Backsmarsh, to be honest. Yeah, which uh, is big. Yeah, it's a big town, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're expanding, so they're uh, playing in Warnable, I think, in a couple of weeks. So, oh um, and they're active on the socials, so yeah, get around and murmurs. Shout out to them, yeah. Well, listeners, <laughs> what would you say you could uh, relate it back to an artist? What would you say? Oh, relate it back to? Well, so they just play covers, so they're not like, actually, a song's in the works. Ooh. I don't know if that's common <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> 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 I just went bang. But um, oh, probably similar to, I don't know, a bit of the Jungle Giants, or yeah. yeah, a bit of the... Funky, funky, yeah. Funky, yeah. Funky. They love love their rock and roll. So, um, what's their best song that they sing? Best song. Well, I'm a massive DMAs fan, as you know. So probably they sing "Delete Well." Yeah. Uh, My happiness is a good tune when they're up and going. So they got yeah. a couple there. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so Luke, you just got back from a pretty big overseas trip. You want to? Where'd you t- Where'd you go to? Yeah, so I just got back a few weeks ago. Um, I was over in South America with a mate I went to uni with, so I was over there for about five weeks. Um, yeah, it's a different place over there. <laughs> Seen uh, about five countries, went to Chile, Bolivia, which is a shithole. <laughs> Anyone wanted to go there. Um, Peru, Brazil, and Argent- finished off in Argentina. So, yeah, anyone thinking about going over there, definitely recommend it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh- Saw Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. Yeah, a bit funny actually. So I, I did see the Christ when I was in Rio. Um, the first day I went there, you got to get like a little train to get it's on like this top of this massive hill. You can't, there's no roads there, you can't walk up. So anyway, you pay like 50 bucks, me and me mate went up the top there. As soon as we got there, just started, the cloud came through. So I actually couldn't even see the Christ the Redeemer. <laughs> I couldn't, even, couldn't even see five metres of it. And I think it's, 
I don't know, I think it's about 60 metres high. So, yeah, couldn't see anything of it. So, had to change our travel plans and go back there the next day, <laughs> which was fortunately clear. <laughs> so, you got any other good stories from over in Brazil? Brazil? Um, I've seen a football match of uh, Vasco v... Couldn't tell you who they played. <laughs> it's all caged there, isn't it? Like, all fenced off. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, the cricket's like the ODIs are at the moment. They're like uh, the Indian ground, so the big fences around the football yeah. ovals. And, um, yeah, so I went and seen that. It was probably a stadium about, I don't know, 20,000. Is that the match you went to and got told not to speak? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, not to speak. Sort of along those lines. But, um, yeah, we got told from a few locals that were saying that we met over there. And they said, yeah, don't – we our tickets for the, for the uh, terrace. And they told us not to speak English otherwise – that, um, yes, yeah, so they'll try to steal off you or <laughs> do something like that. So the whole match, they were chanting in Spanish and, yeah, it was pretty hard to try <laughs> singing in Spanish when I had not one word of Spanish. So <laughs> Speaking of stuff getting stolen off you over in Brazil, yeah, had a bit of a run-in with a local and uh, they may have made one of been holding a, a weapon. Yeah, uh, that's true. Sorry, Mum, if you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, as you know, South America's an old third world countries over there. So, yeah, just after a night out, um, unfortunately, I was in the group of about eight of us, I reckon. Me and my mate who I was travelling with at the time and a few Kiwis and uh, a couple of Poms, they could actually speak Spanish, thank God. And they just, yeah, just held us at gunpoint. It's quite scary looking back on it. So they weren't after much, were they? Oh, they were just after our cash, Jack. Yeah. yeah, they weren't after much. So I think we gave them 10, 20 bucks of our money and, yeah, they let us go. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Uh, where else did you go? Um, so I flew into Chile yeah. and then sort of pissed off out of Chile straight away in Santiago for all the riots going on over there at the moment. Um, but I did – I went to Bolivia and um, – so that was the first sort of country I seen. I did the salt flats things over there, and um, yeah, that was a bad experience too. It was a bit like a war zone, <laughs> but uh, so I sort of had to fled there. But there are some beautiful spots over there. Like uh, Peru was really good. Did Machu Picchu hike, which is one of the seven wonders of the world, which uh, definitely recommend for anyone wanting to do it. Um, and then yeah, flew across to uh, Brazil and did the Guazu Falls and Rio and stuff like that, and then finished off in. Argentina, yeah. So, um, like the soccer over there, uh, you compare that to say a AFL game environment. What's it? What's like the, the differences? Yeah. So as you know, everyone's probably gone to an AFL game in their life. <laughs> it's completely different. So it's lots of chanting. Uh, you can bring your own beers into the ground. The game I went to, which was quite strange, um, and it was glass as well. So. Imagine that in the MCG, everyone bringing in their own beers, bringing everyone carrying in boxes. But um, the environment was it was hectic. Like the ninety minutes was yeah, singing and chanting the whole time, and there was flares going off, and yeah, it was quite. It was a good experience. Yeah, did I pack out the twenty thousand? Yeah, there was t- yeah twenty thousand there probably. Yeah, okay. uh, it was sold out, so we we're like quite fortunate to get tickets that day. Yeah, and then Argentina. You went to the polo, was it? Yeah, I went to the polo. Yeah, How'd which was that come about? Uh, it was a bit of a long story, but um, me and my mate were just watching the Manchester Derby actually at one of the local pubs. This is in Buenos Aires, um, and this 
sort of 50-year-old Scottish fella said, oh, you boys go on the polo. And we looked at him thinking, <laughs> I don't even, I've heard of polo, I had no idea what it was. So you want to explain what polo is for those who oh. just think it's the, the fashion label? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know what it was. I was thinking water polo or the fashion, yeah. But it's a game probably the size of a rugby field with two big sticks at the end. And there's two, there's two teams of four, and there's horses everywhere. There, everyone's on a horse, obviously. And they got to like it's a bit like lacrosse. You got to like pick it up off like this little baseball off the ground and get it through the goals. Anyway, so I ended up going to the polo, and um, so I was just in casual clothes, shorts and a t-shirt. I rocked up, and it was a bit like the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> and there was about two thousand people there, and uh, everyone was in <laughs> suits, like like the spring carnival over here. So. Well, looked out, looked a lot out of place. So anyway, me and my mate got Uber back down to out where we were staying, which is probably 40 minutes away. And anyway, come back all dressed up and we met this fella who was, oh, I don't know, probably 50 again, like the Scottish fella. <laughs> and um, he's like, oh, you boys from Australia? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, you want to come ride me horses tomorrow? <laughs> and anyway, we, we were speaking to him for oh, like five or 10 minutes before this conversation. And... Um, I don't know, I've never ridden a horse before. Never even thought about riding a horse before. So anyway, we got his got his WhatsApp number and Facebook to make sure this boat was legit. And yeah, we went the following day and rode his horse horses. And he um, it was like probably about two hours from Buenos Aires, so I was in the middle of the sticks. I sort of had no idea what we we're getting into, but uh, yeah, we rode his horses. He put on put on lunch, put on a big spread for us. But he all you can eat sort of. Uh, the steaks, burgers, everything, old gourmet sort of foods. And, yeah, him and his son sort of took us in for the day and, yeah, we rid his horses and <laughs> I was shit myself. But, uh, yeah, you ever ridden a horse? Jack no, or Jonah? No. No, 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 I didn't kick my horse. Yeah, yeah, you're scared of the horse. <laughs> I do have a bit of the travel bar. Um, been over to Europe, um, 28, 2017 with a few mates. Um, and did Oktoberfest and did a little bit of the you UK as what? well. Jack was <laughs> a bit of the snuff off the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I didn't do that actually. Um, but yeah, that was good fun, the Oktoberfest. And been a, as you do, being Aussie, being a Bali, but... Uh, that's about it. Mate. That was a footy trip. Yeah, been there with footy trip and yeah. uh, went with mates another time. Just mates from back home that don't play for the club. So, so when you went over to Europe, best spots? Best cities, best spots. Um, hard to rank, but favourite three were probably Prague, um, Budapest, and I love Dublin. Dublin was very similar to Melbourne, actually. McGregor, <laughs> Connor, just one actually, first round. Uh, seen, drove past his estate actually, um, but the great man, but uh, that's about it. <laughs> so the the travelling, it sets you back a bit of coin. Um, yeah, but <laughs> travelling a fair bit, so you're splashing it a bit, but um, you weren't splashing it for the folks back home, the, <laughs> the presents you wore back. Oh, sorry, I can't pack my whole wardrobe. <laughs> but uh, it was backpacking, so I only had a backpack. So 
I was quite limited with space, but the family and friends weren't happy with the gifts they received. What were the gifts that they received? Um, Nan, Nan got a pack of cards, I think. That had, <laughs> <laughs> and then brothers and mates had, uh, I got them football tops, just a mixture of Brazil and Argentina tops. Um, and my mum and dad, <laughs> uh, the day before I left, I thought I'd better get them something. <laughs> Got them a bottle open up. <laughs> so <laughs> that was all it was. I thought coming back in one piece was the present. So. <laughs> they used the bottle open, yeah? I think they binned them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably get them as well. <laughs> that was a dodgy gift. Though. It was probably like a souvenir shop or something. Like it was a little market, yeah. yeah. So they probably broke. They probably tried to use it. It's probably snapped already. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there's, like I said, there's limited room, so I didn't want to get something too expensive. Or you went to the soccer over there as well in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Talking about football, yeah, I love me football. Um, love sports, love sports. Sports nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, yeah, I seen the Merseyside derby, the Liverpool Everton. Um, so it was nil all at Anfield at the time, ninetieth minute. So I've come all this way, going to see a nil old draw. The likes of Salah and Firmino and Mane are all playing. Anyway, uh, Divock Origi scored. Divock. Divock, the great man, scored a 93rd-minute winner to win at 1-0. So, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was uh, talking about the atmosphere before. It's the loudest I've ever heard a stadium erupt. My mate who I was with was actually at the uh, Anzac Day when Zaharakis scored that match winner from 55 and he, he's an Essen supporter and he thought the Divock goal was better and it was louder so yeah it was awesome to be there. So every sports game that you've gone to see what's the, been the best environment? It was definitely the Merseyside, definitely. Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. evident yeah at Anfield we sort of splashed out and got corporate and yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> so you're from God's country, back smart. <laughs> Classified as God's country, yep. <laughs> um, do you want to run us through your upbringing, um, where you went to school, sports, girls, <laughs> stuff like that? <laughs> Righto. Um, so yeah, from back smart, uh, which is probably an hour and a half from Bendigo. So um, went to school... In, to St. Pat's in Ballarat, the football factory. Um, <laughs> Who's the best player come from St. Pat's? Best player, Dago, nah. <laughs> uh, best player at the moment, probably Matt Crouch, probably the best player Crouch, from yeah. St. Pat's at the moment. Oh, there's been a few Brownlow medalists. John James, I think it was. The McDonald boys from Melbourne. Tom and Oscar, yeah, they're from St. Pat's. Um, Nick Suber, did you go to St. Pat's? Nick Suber, <laughs> from St. Pat's. There's a couple of, couple of current players you got. Dan Rioli and Dan from Dan Butler from Richmond, St Kilda now. And you're pretty good mates with Dan Butler. Yeah, mates with Dan. He was in my year level, so. But um, you got another mate, Liam. Dago, yeah, he's over at the Eagles uh, at the moment. He's so. A listener. He's yeah, he's a big fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be he be there listening. Um, yeah, Dago, uh, me and Dago have been good mates since we were young. Um, athletics. Yeah, I reckon we met little athletics. Yeah. Back in under eights, I think. That's probably the only thing I'm better than him at. <laughs> <laughs> State runner, well. State runner, yeah. Jack um, won a couple of individual medals when I was younger and sort of, I know my passion for athletics sort of declined as I got older and sort of let it go. I was training a couple of nights a week and I don't know, I just, I'm not a massive rap for individual sports. 
more team player. <laughs> I like I like the team environment. Yeah, so footy sort of become my number one passion. Took over from athletics and, but yeah, I've got really good memories from athletics. Um, it's definitely helped me with football and yeah. um, stuff like that. But um, yeah, athletics was really good when I was younger. And then family wise, you got two brothers. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Yeah, it's the youngest one. Probably the most intelligent, best looking. Yeah. Um, and probably the, the best sportsman out of the three. Uh, it's not hard to do. But, um, yeah, so Todd and Ryan have been big influences in my life. And um, Todd's actually getting married in a couple of weeks. Shout out to Hayley. Um, but um, yeah, they've been awesome to grow up with. Lots of uh, backyard battles of. Backyard cricket and swimming and all like that, but yeah, wouldn't change it for the world. And just like us at Jack Pooch and Pals, you you get around the FIFA. Yeah, love FIFA. <laughs> Running um got minimum time at the moment, so I've used to during my time when I was at university, used to smack um Ultimate Team a lot, but sort of <laughs> now it's just a friendly rivalry with me, mate. I've actually got a big uh competition going at the moment, the we're playing 100 matches. No, first to 100 wins. And then the loser has to get a tattoo. So I think the score, we just just started. So I think the score is 5-3. I'm up five matches on one. So it's going to take a year or two. But Who's yeah. your go-to team? Go-to team was Liverpool. Massive Liverpool fan. But who my mate who I um have this little competition against at the moment, he plays at Liverpool. So obviously we can't go both go Liverpool. So I've been going PSG. Or Juventus lately, so massive Mbappe fans. Um, we may as well get into the sporting aspect since we're talking about it already. Um, <laughs> you're quite the footballer, as we're seeing in your room right now. <laughs> <laughs> the posters. You played with some great players, um, but where did your desire to play football stem from? Um, probably from uh, primary school, I guess. Lunchtime and recess. I used to love kicking the footy around with. Uh, my schoolmates and obviously having two older brothers used to have the footy a lot in my hands and then yeah just joined the local footy club did os kick and joined the local footy club just around the corner darley um and yeah got really good memories from there from under 10s all the way through to seniors and yeah it was fortunate enough to be a part of two really good teams and um go the whole way and on the day we got won both grand finals so <laughs> yeah it was really good yeah, so speaking of these really good teams, who were the like? There's a couple AFL players on those teams. If you want, to, who were the best players that you played with at Darley? Played with at Darley, uh, <laughs> splitting hairs here, but probably the best player I've played is Jake Edwards. Um, he just dominates any position on the ground. And then yeah, he Scotland's probably <laughs> a very very close second, and uh, Steve Kennedy and Brian Graham. Have, Really good players too. Yeah. So there's a young fella as well, Zach Butters. It's playing at Port now. He was only a young young fella when he was playing with you though. Yep. So he was a part of the 2017 Grand Final. Uh, he was in TAC at the time, but qualified for the final series. And yeah, he I think yeah, was 17 at the time and was a part of the day. And now he's on at bigger and better things at Port Adelaide. And He's doing well there too, so it's good to see. Keep an eye on those boys. Yeah. So you're at Diggers Rest at the moment. You're chasing cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're in, you're in Super. Yeah, I wanted to play with my brother, so 
went across to Diggers Rest. Uh, last year was my first year there, and they're an awesome club. Um, again, we'll probably the best team in it last year. Just couldn't get the job done on the day. But uh, yeah, my, my older brother Tog came across with me. Um, he was never he was four or five years older than me, I think, and never had the opportunity to play with him. So to go across there and play the year there with him was awesome experience, something to look back on. So and when we say you've played with some like. Good players. <laughs> Caleb Morton. <laughs> Mort? Yeah, Mort's probably fourth or fifth best player. That Mort is a ripper fowler and um, great bloke too, Mort. <laughs> Being a Melbourne supporter yourself. For, yeah, yeah. You come to most games, Jack. He's, and a, he's a top 10 pick, I think. Mean. I think he was top five pick, I think. He's just turned 30 the other day, actually, so happy birthday, Mort. Yeah, you hit your prime when you're 28 years old, so. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mort's is. Um, I think he got best first year player at Melbourne and NAB Rising Star nominee, so he did alright at Melbourne. Carved out of career. <laughs> <laughs> Forty games. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many, but Oh, it's more games than I've played in AFL. So... Yeah, forty more than us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even I don't even play the most senior games. You played the most than him. What's that? Senior games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll take jo- I've heard, I've heard Jonah's uh, got on the park in the the late game or was it you were in an early game? Higher. Late or early? <laughs> Middle? Reserves? Well, I, yeah, for the early game. Or... <laughs> oh, you have to rock up at 10 or you have to rock up at 1? Uh, for the late game. I remember oh, the late game. Yeah, Campbell's Creek. You ever heard of Campbell's Creek? Campbell's Creek? Nah. Is that so, on the map? <laughs> <laughs> average losing margin of 200? I played in two games and lost by. 200 in the first one. Jeez. And about 180 <laughs> in the second. So, and you had not played footy since he was under 12. Oh, that's understandable. Getting well, beat by those margins. Fourth best on in the second game. So. That's all right. Called <laughs> <laughs> yourself Greg Williams like. <laughs> yeah. yeah handball. Handball specialist. In an under sort of player? Yeah. yeah. In the guts. That's, that's all right. <laughs> Keep working at it. <laughs> Come across the diggers. yourself out of career. Yeah. Never too late. Come be a borough. Yeah. <laughs> So we've spoken about the best players you played with. You would have played against some pretty good ones as well. You want to give us a rundown of the best players you've played against? Yeah, best country players played against. Um, this bloke from Redan, Jared Bacon, who absolutely tore me a new one. <laughs> Probably, and Cam Richardson embarrassed me. He kicked about six or seven goals on ex-North Melbourne player back when I was 19 or 20. Yeah, about 19, so. They were probably the toughest opponents. Um, yeah, just stars sort of look up to them when you're younger and get the opportunity to play on them. It's, yeah. Yeah. So from Dali and also Diggers Rest, in the middle, did a bit of – well, you had a crack at Geelong's VFL? Yeah, I wouldn't say play. I trained there. <laughs> but, yeah, I was um, – went down to Geelong VFL with a few other Dali boys. Um Shane O'Bree, who was a part of the 2015 grand final side, he was the head coach at Geelong um, at the time. He still is, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, got us down there. Good and with you, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, got us down there and it was a massive, massive learning experience to see what it's like at VFL. It's a massive jump from Ballarat Football League. Um, and, yeah, it was that professionalism with diet and training – training throughout the Christmas break, which I didn't really do beforehand. But, um, 
yeah, it was an awesome experience and wouldn't be the player I am today with, without that experience, yeah. So did you meet any of the big names down Geelong or...? Uh, I played against them in a few practice games before the JLT sort of series. Got like a midweek call-up when they had training and got to play against the AFL team. Maybe Scott Sauer did not. No, nah, Joel Sauer. Joel, 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 yeah. Joel played with us. I don't know if you can remember. Off probably 2017 or 16. Would have been 2016, I reckon. Had a delayed start of pre-season and... Yeah, played in one of our VFL Pracky games. So you'd have to be one of the best you played with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By far, forgot just, him. Just left him off the leash. Joel Sauer, a two-time premiership player. Probably about four or five from old Australian. But, yeah, Joel played that day. And I think then five days later, played in the round one Easter Monday clash with Hawthorne. So I think he had 30 in the first half and then he was put on ice. So, yeah. Um, you've just moved out of home? Yep. Uh about a month in, so see how long we can last. <laughs> uh, how many times has your mum come over in that month? Mum? Um, I think she's only been over twice. <laughs> twice to... Is that a lie? Or... That's a, no, that's honest I truth. Have, I've got sources. I've got some spies going around. Do you? said that she still comes over and makes your bed. Don't you wash it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, your spies are wrong. I've been home a lot. Home back to mum and dad's quiet. Yeah. Regularly, but no, nah, mum's probably only been over twice. I don't know, she must be afraid of what's going on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, bit of a mummy's boy, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been mean, coming back to mum and dad's quite regularly. Just but... to get your toenails cut off. <laughs> <laughs> that was 10 years ago. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, I come over for a home cooked meal every now and again, not really the best bloke in the kitchen, so either is my housemate, so yeah, come home. Back to mum's a lot and, yeah, so, maybe maybe bring the washing basket. <laughs> <laughs> for those moving out, of, moving out of home, Yep. you got any tips for them? Tips? Um, don't be messy. So, like, in, like, the lounge room, don't leave cups around. Housemates get quite annoyed like that. Um, that's probably the biggest tip. Like, do, you, do your own dishes and stuff like that. Don't steal food. They've all got, like, our own shelf in our in our cupboards and fridges so don't steal food first week or two it was a bit of a learning experience yeah. of people stealing each other's food so, so. That black eye from? the black eye <laughs> yeah the housemate wasn't happy yeah. um but yeah don't steal each other's food we've got a communal shelf which gets spanked a lot but yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a good story about leaving cups out and bottles and oh yeah well. yeah great story give it to me <laughs> you, you yeah. yeah, well, I don't even know if he does listen to the podcast, but, um, well, but yeah, <laughs> Jordan Longano, even uh, more reason to bag him out, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, great man is what I was going to say, but it's not really a great man. Um, not in this instance. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, schoolies, twenty seventeen. It's always dangerous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always dangerous. Yeah, uh, down at Torquay Avenue. Great time. Stayed his grandma's house. Yeah, stayed at his granny flat, which was about a room it's enough for about two people. Now. Yeah, so she was pretty small. Yeah, right. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> I don't live here anymore. Moved <laughs> to better things. Yeah. And well, we might have been just past halfway through the stay. You reckon? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So we're just coming up to halfway, or just hit halfway, and um, wake up to. Jordan saying that he is kicked us out. Of, his dad and he's kicked us out of his 
flat because it's too messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go out into the. Well, we didn't really go out. I was sleeping in the lounge room, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent a photo of a table with beer bottles on top of it to his dad, and said, "We've got to kick these boys out." Yeah, and that's not even the worst thing of it. I've spoken to Alf, the great man, and <laughs> which is Jordan's dad, and uh, no such text was actually sent through. So he just wanted to go home to the missus. Chinese yep. whispers. Yeah, yeah. Wanted to see yes. there. Wanted to cuddle. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a some chip punch a hole in the wall. Yeah, that was good fun. And tomato sauce of the joint as well. Yeah. So it was a bit of damage. What happens up in Bendigo? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was they, they literally walk into our house. Yeah. And then they somehow she punched a hole in the wall trying to punch her boyfriend. And then yeah, spray tomato spray, sauce. tomato sauce trying to spray it down. Jeez, tomato sauce not gonna do the trick. So we shit ourselves trying to think of how to fix the wall for about four days. Bring the, bring the plaster up. When you're straight out of school, we don't have that sort of money. <laughs> so, we usually go into a topic of something serious. Yep. Um, for you, you've had a couple of things in your life that have not been tragic, but been pretty upsetting. Yeah, that's right. So, um, your young, no, your older brother, Ryan, he's a middle one. Still younger for me, though. Yeah, much <laughs> younger. You look like you're about 40 with that tune ahead. <laughs> Cheap one there. Come on. But um, he was diagnosed with brain tumors. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was only young. Yeah, well. a long time ago now, Jack. Um, going back a bit. I was in primary school, grade six, I reckon, when all that sort of stuff went down. Um, yeah, I, had a, I was old enough to remember, obviously, being grade six. But yeah, um, yeah had a brain tumor, was having seizures. Um, just randomly and playing PlayStation would have a seizure and um, in the car would have a seizure just randomly and wasn't sure what was going on and wasn't uh, I was telling mum and dad at the time like Ryan was going weird and stuff like that for like 20 seconds because yeah. he can't remember them and, um, yeah mum and dad didn't believe us didn't believe me and then one day playing backyard cricket and he had a seizure and dad wasn't playing with us or watering the garden or something and that's when everything sort of went a bit hectic there and got an MRI and come back with a brain tumour and yeah, fortunately everything's fine now, but, um, but for a few months there it was unknown what was going to happen, but yeah, now he's got his license and full-time working and stuff. So yeah. And that can obviously not just for himself, but that has to have a huge impact on like those surrounding him like yourself. Yeah. Do you it remember was... how you dealt with that at the time or? Um, again, being so young, I've, guess I didn't really understand the severity of it, but with mum and dad being down in the hospital a lot, had a lot of family support, uh, got home-cooked meals a lot. Um, from you guys were down a lot back in the day, travelling down from Bendigo. Um, but, yeah, just lots of support from family and friends that made it a bit easier. So Yeah, and, like, Fry's would have to be one of the toughest people you'd meet. Like, going through that at such a young age, like, yeah, it's just... Incredible. Yeah, hats off to him. I couldn't have gone through it the way he has. So. And, like, yeah, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. He's just so down to earth, such a good bloke. Kind words. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far. But. Uh, and then more recently, one that tends to get bounced off a bit due to everyone coming on the pod- podcast, Noel and Jacko. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so recently another big thing in your life happened with Jack's injury. So you want to take us through how you, like, how you dealt with that one? Yeah, I was talking about the travel and stuff earlier. I was overseas at the time. I was in England and woke up to a text message from Ryan, actually, saying there's been an incident with Jack jumping off a bridge or something. And um, Ryan, I don't know, he wasn't replying to my messages, so I was ringing anyone I knew that was sort of in with it that knew. So he got hold of Duggo, actually. I think he was on a <laughs> night out. Um, and, yeah, he filled me in what was happening. And I guess I didn't really understand the severity of it until I got back into Melbourne, which was probably two weeks later, and visited Jack at the Edworth, which was the first place you were at, or the mm-hmm. Talbot, which one was the first one? It would have been Alfred or the Austin. The Alfred, I think it was, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, walking into Jacko and wasn't really responsive and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it sort of hit home then. It was, fuck, this is serious. But um, the way he's bounced back and look at him today is massive to the way to see how he's attacked his rehab and he's got a whole massive support network with him. So if he keeps going like this, I'm sure we'll see massive improvements over the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll lighten it back up, get into some good stories about yourself. Um, first one, not uh, not about you directly, but uh, your brother, Todd. Yep. Bit of a TV personality. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Todd, oh, it was mid last year, auditioned for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, a hot seat, whatever it is. I don't even know what it's called now. But... Yeah, he decided to come home one night after work and said, oh, I've got through the final stage. I'm going on a hot seat. And I just looked at him thinking, what What are you thinking? you got rocks in your head. And anyway, he was pretty happy about <laughs> getting through. No, uh, no, no, no genius. Nah, no genius. Not book smart. But anyway, he got through and got on the show and I told him, whatever money you make, I'll match it and pay you because I was that confident that he was <laughs> going to be unsuccessful unless he got through to the final question and it was his turn. I would have been in a bit of trouble. But, uh, yeah, obviously got on a hot seat. Didn't even answer one question. I think it was one of the early ones as well. But uh, I could not have having a try, but something I wouldn't do. <laughs> Speaking of Todd, um, you were overseas and you stitched him up. Do you remember that? Oh. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> this is going to hurt him. <laughs> oh, I was with my nan and granddad from northern part of England in Newcastle. Any magpies supporters out there? But um, I stayed with my nan's sister and I met her once or twice when I was younger um, when she came out to Australia. But anyway, so I thought I'd do the right, the family thing and just go catch up with <laughs> My nan's sister is probably 70 or 80. <laughs> I hardly even knew her. And I stayed there the night and her daughter stayed there who was probably like 40-odd or something. She was quite the quite the character. And yeah, he got on, got, on the, got on the piss and anyway, she, her and her partner said, oh, we'll ring your brother. <laughs> I was like, a bit of work, like whatever, let's do it. And they're like, oh, well, so we sort of thought, well, what we're going to tell my brother or speak to him about and, I've never met this girl before, my nan's sister's daughter. <laughs> People get that. <laughs> but anyway, our story went along like, we'll say that I was having a sexual interaction with a, another man at the front of a supermarket and uh, this bloke who I was having beers with was going to be the policeman 
and ring Todd and ask for money to get out of ba- to get to get out on bail. So <laughs> we're gonna do it to my mum. But for those that know me, mum, that wouldn't have went down well. So I sort of put that aside and said, "All right, we'll do it to me, brother." Anyway, so Todd, Todd answered. No, he didn't answer the first time because it was like a UK number. And anyway, he answered the second time, <laughs> and this bloke who was pretending to be a policeman. So he had all the details, like my details, like my travel friends' details. So it actually sounded legit. But um, yeah, Todd answered, and the bloke told him this, what what happened that I was caught with another man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it had to be a man. <laughs> had to be a man. Yeah, I don't know how we thought that, and Todd believed it. And anyway, he was just kept saying, "Put him on the phone." And this bloke said, "No, nah, he can't. He's in jail. Like we can't." Put it uncontactable, but um, anyway, Todd we probably hadn't gone for probably three minutes, I reckon. And the bloke said, All right, you need to send 5,000 pounds over, which is roughly like 9,000 Aussie. And we got as far as getting the bank details, he was going to send the money to get me out on bail. And then, anyway, I got on the phone and said, Todd, it's a joke, it's Luke, like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> hung up straight away, <laughs> he hung up straight away. And then cop a couple of abusive messages from him and mum. But, yeah, it was a bit of fun. It was one of, one of the funnier things that I've been a part of and I'm sure he'll get me back. I'm still waiting. <laughs> and then going back to Todd being the TV personnel, uh, you've been on TV yourself. <laughs> Don't go here. You would, have, you would have been 14 at the time, I reckon. Jeez, I've added a bit. Probably 12. Oh. <laughs> 11, maybe. Then, <laughs> Bring it back to 11. <laughs> You were caught at the footy at Tulsa Dome, it used to be, I reckon. Could have been Colonial back then. It was, might have been six or seven. Yeah, <laughs> no. I don't think so. You were caught picking your nose on the big screen, which then ended up being on the Sunday footy show the next day. Yeah, so being a big North Island support, I was sitting in row A, and unfortunately, if you're in row A, you could get your head on tally. And yeah, I was, I was showing highlights or something, and I was yeah on the big screen picking my nose. And, and then you ate it as well, didn't you? I had a bit of a laugh and Billy Brown I think the next day sort of said look at that young kid picking his nose but yeah one time on TV will do me and that's it Billy Brown must be like Cam Day yeah Yeah. Yeah. look a lot there perfect (laughs) shout out then uh, going back to best players you've played against you left out one that you may have been the reason that this young fella got drafted. Uh, yeah. Smith. Yeah, so growing up, everyone has a sort of goal of getting drafted, but I didn't quite succeed at that. I got someone else drafted. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, one day, playing against the Colter Cannons, played on Rourke Smith. I don't know, probably only the footy lovers, the footy nuffies would know who Rourke Smith is, but he's on the dogs list. And, yeah, my instructions from the coach was, tag him and make sure he doesn't get a touch and the final when I shook hands at the end of the game he would have had 30 and kicked three I reckon I think it was coming in one of the last games of the year and I think that's what got him rookie drafted was that game and then uh, anyway he's caught up with him a couple of years later on a night out in Geelong and he remembered me as you do getting him drafted but and yeah he brought <laughs> me had a pretty good game. yeah he got a good game <laughs> let me tell you that and then um yeah, brought me a few beers for getting him drafted. I'm sure that was other reasons why I got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks, Luke, for coming on. No worries, boys. You must be scraping the barrel getting me on. But... <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> um...
very insightful. And um, yeah, getting someone from out of Bendigo has been good. Yeah, spreading the wings. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been good to be a part of it, boys, and good luck with it all. I'm sure you're on to bigger and better things for me. No, it'll kick off from here. Kick off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the socials. Yeah, no, thanks, Eric. No worries, boys. Cheers, Luke.